We are back, motherfuckers. Let go. Tuesday podcast edition after an FA Cup weekend and after some midweek fixtures next week and before a derby weekend. A lot to talk about today. Um, but yeah, what's going on? Oh, Brian. Just taking in the absolute destruction of a team called Chelsea. That's what I'm talking yes. on right now. It's been personal since they beat us in the Champions League final. And uh, two managers is. later, we're still beating that ass. Yeah, for sure. And I think if you're uh, a Liverpool fan, you're happy with uh, Chelsea's absolute destruction because there's some issues going on at Liverpool as well. But oh, all the man. focus is on uh, Chelsea just losing every single game. I mean, I saw a stat. I don't remember when the last time they won was. I'll put up the results. But, um, yeah, it's been brutal. It's been absolutely brutal. It started last week, uh, midweek fixture against City, FA Cup fixture against City. 5-0 on ag- aggregate, both L's. Um, we'll start with the with midweek game last week, one uh, nothing City. thought you guys played okay. thought Chelsea was okay in the first half, and then they were just absolutely pathetic in the second. No idea what Keppa was doing on that that goal that you guys scored. Uh-huh. Just let it go right across the goal. Mares taps it in. one nothing ball game. What were your thoughts on that game? Uh, Pep has a burner. Pep's paying attention. Oh, yeah, yeah. This that, those, those is weird lineups. <laughs> remarkably bold by a manager who's got – he's sitting on top of the world. He's been very uh, choosy and selective with the things that he's done. Typically on a, on a given year, City can account for maybe one to two – games that we can truly say as fans and even as the players this one's on the manager and you take that with a guy who wins as much as he does um so obviously we appreciate him we're never going to take away what what we've built so far but that man put in a lineup and in a style that was all the fans have been crying about he took a guy who was a traditional right back who's been made successful at left back and stuck him at right mid. We had two right backs working the right flank um, for 45 minutes against Chelsea. We played in a style that was more, nothing we've done so far, ever. We've had a couple players in positions. We went to a, a true back three, and before the game got to four minutes on the clock, I irrationally told you, no matter what happens out of this game, the season's lost. And I said that solely based on the fact that Pep doesn't make changes. Pep doesn't make gradual changes in a game. He'll do it throughout a season, but an in-game change like he did at the 45th minute, and then all the subs that he made, which all of them hit, it was like, what in the hell are we watching? This guy's literally making the changes um, that were needed. And I say all of that to say it was a game that when you look at it from, from above what happened, we played with our food for 45 minutes in a completely different way of trying to do it. 
He did it to appease the fans. He almost did it in a way of saying, see, that's what you wanted. But you guys don't know what you're talking about. So now I'm going back to what I know and what we do. And it all smoothed out. It all was great. Um, it doesn't take away from what I think we need in the long run, um, which is Jack and Mares to be more speedsters ta- attacking that byline. Um, but uh, yeah, the the Kippa goal, sh- it shouldn't have happened, but the pass, remarkable. The movement, remarkable. The goal was deserved from how we played in that attacking uh, style in that in that second half. Um, yeah, Pep's got some balls, and uh, I think it, it settled down a lot of fans in, in the sense of we can try all that shit that, you, that we're talking from the sidelines, and you can try to point for the two-striker. And, and Holland was playing a false nine, coming up and taking touches like almost at the halfway line and then trying to make runs. I mean, you had Phil Foden cemented on that left wing just touching the the line. So, which we do traditionally, but we were attacking on the right the whole first half. So, yeah, very very wacky. Um I I don't know, man. I'm I'm obviously excited for what the latter part of the of the week was, but it it was tough to think he would make that change in that in in a Premier League game, you know we have back-to-back games. So why would you not want to do that in this in the Sunday matchup when it's the FA Cup? Doing it in the Prem is a little bit more important. But I don't know. That's why he's pepping on me. So yeah, in the beginning it looked like he was trying to throw the game. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that lineup was. Felix at right wing was interesting to say the least. Um, but yeah. I mean, if Chelsea wasn't so fucking competent, I think they could have got something out of that game. But they're yeah. just dreadful. They're just dreadful. Um, no goal from Holland. Did he score this weekend in that 4-0? He didn't play. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Alvarez got the penalty. Yeah. But, yeah, so um, then on the weekend, FA Cup, and I guess we can just talk about our teams first because we have a lot of ground to cover. So we'll start with City. FA Cup over the weekend, and that was just a trouncing, absolute yeah. smashing. Uh, Chelsea fans are in full meltdown now. Uh, I didn't, honestly, I didn't see much. I had a wedding this weekend. I was a little under the weather Sunday, if you know what I mean, hungover. But um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it. I saw oh, the highlights, and for me, I would have rather watch the Chelsea uh, Chelsea fan TV meltdowns, which is what I yeah. did instead of watching the highlights. Well, I saw the goals. Uh, the Mares free kick was amazing. Yeah. But, um, domination from front, from minute one to minute 90. And, yeah, what 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 happened in that game besides Chelsea being incompetent? We'll cover City and then we'll just thrash Chelsea because there's a lot to talk about there from transfers to them chanting Thomas Tuchel. They want back Thomas Tuchel. They want back Abramovich. There's a lot happening over there. Jao Felix is now headed there for six months. So yeah. uh, well, how was the game from a City fan perspective? So you go into it like I've gone into it. All of you should, we, City, look, at least I look at it in the sense of we want it. We're not going to push for it. It's Champions League or Premier League. It's those two priorities and then. The other stuff, you sprinkle it in there if we can get it and try to get a trouble. But the first two matter the most, right? We all know this. And the priority, 1A, is playing backups and 
getting a result against against a big six, I would say is one B. So if it, if we end up playing Cardiff City, cool, whatever. Play the backups, we lose. As long as we don't get trenched, no problem. But play the mm. backups, get a result. We continue, we move. If it's a big sixer, now nah, we gotta go. We gotta take it serious. We we gotta take it serious. Depending on if they take it serious, we gotta consider this. It's a big sixer. We gotta be. We gotta come on, show up. So it's Chelsea. All right, yeah. So we gotta show up. We just played them. We have a history of having competitive big six clubs in ladder competitions that end up getting us. This was Chelsea again. So we're in a situation where just going into the game, let's just play some play some backups. Let's play some guys that deserve some minutes. Let's play our style and let's just make sure we're not healthy or not not injured. And to get some guys looking better and more in form. Kyle Walker, wow. Love yeah, he was good. that that is world class Walker that we love and miss. Huge, very helpful. Um, the fact that Rico Lewis comes on and really does solidify the game, dude, that guy's going to be a stud, but I am getting a little tired of seeing him so much. We need to have that Kyle presence, um, those senior presence, those guys that are going to be in the Champions League types games. Sergio Gomez played well, kept the clean sheet. I was really suspect on him going complete 180 from what I predicted early in the damn year. So baby steps, I'm back to baby steps with him. And I thought I saw some huge progression with him. Um, Mares, of course, just seasoned. The rest, Kevin, to rest Holland, to rest John Stones, um, to rest uh, Nathan Ake. These guys are huge, and they're going to be huge for us. So taking that away and slapping them the way they we did, playing our style, um, God, I, that's exactly what we needed to lift us. I know it's still the Carabella Cup, but it's about the form, and that's Perfect. what matters. Yeah, or yeah, it was the FA, FA Cup. Yeah, so um, I, we're we're not that. I take more about the quality of and product on what I see as opposed to the end result because that's less mm-hmm. important for us. So yeah, I'm happy. Anytime you can slap them, for sure. Um, Julian, big goal, asked for it. He asked for it from Riyadh, and Riyadh said yes. I mean, that's just incredible to me. So. Yeah, we're we're growing in all the ways that we need to be, especially kind of was trying to fuck with him too. Yeah, but, what I a mean, freaking idiot! After, yeah, he's after, a like you're trying to play mind games after you freaking let a tap in in the game before. Like, you come don't, on, dude. Yeah, you don't have the the wherewithal to deal with the mind. The mind games are played on you, sir. That's not exactly. that's not how this works. He probably psyched himself out. Um, doubt it. But yeah. Good performance from City. I mean, we haven't seen a real thrashing from City in a while. So I, from a City perspective, it's probably a good thing. From my perspective, I don't like seeing that. We got to play you guys in the next round of the FA Cup as well, which yeah. sucks for, for, for both of us, I guess. It's just another tough game that's going to be thrown in the mix. You know, neither of our man, both of our managers are probably going to look at that as a litmus test for the, for our two Premier League games. So it's, that's going to be a hard-fought game. And it falls in the middle. It's this us. month. Yeah, it's at the end of the month. I'm trying to see who we play before and after. What I find so it funny about between, this. between um, Man United and Everton, which eh, not too bad. It's actually a full week after United game. So that's good. Yeah, our, at least we can get some rest in there. And then, then we play uh, Fat Frank after. Yeah. But yeah, we, for you guys, is, it's tough. 
because you guys have i remember we looked at um your schedule right you guys got a shitty schedule it's like liverpool arsenal that's a layup. arsenal again like it's it's something ridiculous um right. well s- side note on the fa don't really like it that we can go 30 minutes before the game and the draw for the next round is being announced what kind of fuckery is this i just i'm I not usually, a fan yeah go ahead finish finish but I, I just i, I just don't it like triggered it. Me. it it just it gets me hot to think that like you have it like predestined to where you don't even know where the result is and yeah. you got it all kind of laid out um if that I were the case, just that. do it all in one draw so that we know, oh, my God, if this, this, and this works out, then Arsenal and City can see each other in the final. Like, if it's already preordained like that, just go ahead and give the whole damn thing. It really ticked me off to know going into the game. It's like, shit, so we have the winner of – so we have Arsenal. I kept looking at it. I was like, why are they even showing me this other bum squad? It's going to be Arsenal. Like, I just – I wasn't a fan of that at all. Yeah. And during the pandemic, they changed it to where there would be extra time in these draws. And now, for some reason, they changed it back where Wolves-Liverpool draw, and now they have to replay the fucking game. I'm going to tell you this. I would rather lose to City in the FA Cup than have to play another 90 minutes again. Yeah. So if it comes down to a draw, we might just let Erlen get a tap in at the end. No, but, Mikel yeah, and Pepe I don't want to replay. Yeah, I don't want to replay that shit. That's fucking ridiculous. No. It's going to be a hard-fought no. game, and you might have to do it again. No, fuck that. Rock, paper, scissors, best out of three. Yes, oh, you win. Here, go score. We're done. Well, I'm not Ridiculous. I'm not playing this. It's absurd that the FA think the audacity in these guys, especially and the fans get it so right with this. We all love ball. We all want to see ball. If the Super League by by theory is a great concept. I would love to see Arsenal Arsenal play Barcelona and then City play Madrid. And then the next week we go play Bayern Munich. That'd be dope. I get it cuz I love ball. But from the from the concept from the reality perspective, it's kind of stupid and respect all the teams. And when you try to get all these fixtures in, can you respect the damn yeah. players? This is why, Portugal, I'm looking at you. Good job on selecting Roberto Martinez. You frauds. You guys are about to look at all your players like a sponge and just know you have never had a manager before in the history of your nation that is going to squeeze every bit of stamina out of those players. Roberto Martinez is an absolute fraud when it comes to this shit. Him and the FA and all these bigger like corporations, they never get it right, bro. Arsenal and City are looking for bigger things than your fucking FA Cup. Look in the mirror if you have a problem with that. Ask yourself why the FA Cup isn't as big as other things. Don't get mad at City and Poole and even Arsenal and all these other clubs that should probably have a little negotiation on the side. Like, look, hey, let's be real. Poole, you fucking suck. Just have it. Have it. Just have it from us. Let's play a good game. If this goes one minute in the extra time, it's yours. I don't fucking want it. Don't talk shit afterwards. Don't try to say this, that. Let's just keep it civil and let's move because this shit is bullshit, bro. I thought it was going to be a good quality just, eh, let's see what's going on. 30, I can't even get one minute of ball and I already am cheeks tight knowing when we beat this squad, Arsenal's next. It's bullshit, dude. Yeah, the draws are weird. The replay rules are very strange considering it's already in a jam-packed schedule because of the World Cup. 
I don't understand that at all. Yeah. Um, but but I, I like the FA Cup. Could it be because Arsenal has 14 FA Cups? We're the king of the <laughs> FA Cup? Could be. You but, are. I mean, you look at the Arsenal game yesterday. It's kind of fun to go to a park where people are standing on top of cars yeah, to watch true. the game. I kind of like going to these small stadiums. And, you know, the FA Cup kind of has some of the magic that you get in, like, March Madness as well with – Ryan Reynolds, Wrexham team getting a win in the round over the weekend. I mean, last year there was a non-league team. I forget who it was that made it pretty far. So, you know, I, I do like that tournament because of things like that. But, you know, the replay rule is absolute nonsense. Just absolute fucking nonsense. Yeah. I mean, that was a great game between Wolves and Liverpool. Some controversy. Why not just go to extra time and finish it there? We have to yeah. replay the whole fucking game and then penalty kicks? That's stupid. I, I don't understand that. I really don't. And there's going to be scenarios where, let's say in the next round, they have to do a replay. Okay. July 20, 28th. I don't know. I don't know when we have another break in the schedule that matches up with Man City. So if we have to replay it, where the fuck are we going to put that game? It doesn't even make yeah. sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So really, really weird. But, um, all that is getting away from the main topic, which is Chelsea. Step <laughs> up, motherfuckers. It's time to turn the burners on and fry you bitches. Absolutely <laughs> embarrassing, embarrassing performance from Chelsea. Um, you know, that one nothing was bad because that second half, they didn't really cause a threat. Barely had any <laughs> shots on goals. Man City was... In, in freaking scrimmage mode, you know, uh, friendly mode, basically, and win one nothing, And then they go a couple days later and just completely stomp you out. Second half from Chelsea, from the small highlights I saw, didn't even look like they were trying to get back in the game. Thomas Tuchel being name being chanted. Fucking uh, Abramovich's name being chanted. And yeah. two days later, they panic and get Jao Felix, so... You know, this this club is just it, – it's hilarious to me that they get to continually just buy their way out of stuff because FFP doesn't exist. Yeah. All they do is buy, buy, buy until they work – it works out. That's why for me, yeah, they've had some success. But you take away their little rich kid mentality where they get to buy whatever they want and trump other people's moves because they have more money than them. They don't do their own recruiting. This club's linked with this person. Okay, we're going to go get him because we have more money. Yeah. Just fraudulent, fraudulent. And then I'm starting to ask questions about this Potter guy. Like I said on the last podcast, Brighton doesn't seem to be hurting at all with the loss of Potter. I think they got a good system there. And maybe that system kind of elevated Potter. And the fact that he's at a team with very low expectations. He can go in there, do his thing use these players that they give him who are very well scouted. I'm sure they have a good analytic team. You know, there's a lot of analytics starting to creep into soccer and they're able to find players with, with, you know, very good attributes that fits the system. Yep. And now he's in, he's in Chelsea and he just looks way over his head and he's starting to throw fits in the post-conference. Do you think he makes it out? Oh man. I, I think, I think he does make it out. Yeah. And I think he makes it out for the same reasoning that Brandon Rogers makes it out. Mainly more for optics. 
I think Bowley is way, way more tuned in with with how things look and PR and just overall moves, the move making process and how it looks, the the optics behind it. I think he's a little bit more seasoned than than and and smart enough not to do something so drastic. I wouldn't be surprised if he thought about it, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a sit down with with um with Potter to to have that conversation. Uh, this is what's really wrong with football, though, right? When you talk mm-hmm. about teams spending the money, the issue is when teams do it well and do all of this, but then when they get mad and envious, and which I think we should have the conversation about the term sports washing and the definition of it. Because if I understand it correctly, sports washing is about just throwing money in, getting rid of it, not caring about where it goes. You shouldn't really theoretically be caring about a profit when it comes to sports washing. That's technically what Chelsea have been done, what they've been doing. And I don't hear any call outs about it, but yet we have Liverpool people and, and Redmond TV who like to do this thing about, um, and we'll side note, right? We'll have this conversation later. Uh, the owner of PSG is looking to have influx of funds and he's looking at three premier league clubs and he wants to make a short, uh, small time, small time investment. And there's a lot of talk about this and it's, it's, you have Liverpool fans saying, we don't, and I'm quoting, we don't want our club to turn into the sports washing clubs like City that have ruined the game. And I just think to myself, why would we care about a profit? Why would we care about a profit if we're sports washing? We made money in the window that just passed. You have clubs like Chelsea that can't spell profit. They just go and spend. They're the true epitome of the issue at hand which is just a blank checkbook that's going to... Modric, correct me if I'm wrong, yes or no, the Modric deal would be done by now if Shakhtar never not once sat down or even heard from the Chelsea Football Club. I don't know, because you got clubs like Man United, too, who overspend for Anthony, and um, they point out the Grealish deal for $100 million. So there's been a lot of wingers that have gone sure. for $100 million, and have he's United also contact? under contract. No, no, they, they, no. United is broke right now. There's a reason they got that that Wout uh, V course guy from, um, that was on the <laughs> Netherlands. There's a reason they went for him, and they were yeah. trying to get Jao Felix for like six million loan fee. No, he fits um, their system. They don't have bro. money right now. Yeah, he, no, fits, he fits their, their system. system. He's a Ronaldo replacement, well, bro. We could talk about Man United later because you got them this weekend, so that'll be a big yeah. game. But, um. But yeah, I, I mean, listen. When it comes to these teams that have this oil money, or you know, Saudis running their squad, or in your case, uh, you know, this family. What's what's the name of your owner? Mansoor, Sheikh Mansoor. Yeah, and his family's worth like trillions, right? He comes from yes. a family worth like trillions of dollars. When it comes yes, to this, there's different levels, right? Forty-three Listen, billion, to be exact, is his net worth. Let's be let's let's keep it a buck. If if City doesn't get bought by him, do you think City is where it is right now? Say that again. If City doesn't get bought by this guy, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Sheik, one of the Sheik. Sheik Mansour. They're probably not where they are right now, right? No, I, yeah, I would say that the long-term vision probably started for the academy and all of this started because of of him and and what he was trying to do with it so yeah i I would say 
Yeah, definitely not. Cast injections as well. So, you know, you guys are a well-run team now. There's no, there's no fucking go by in Cuckoo, then go by Felix, and then go by this guy, and then go by this guy. It's structured now, right? But to get to that point, there was definitely some cash injections that wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for the oil money, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're you, so at this point, you're just talking financial strategy. I'm just yeah, talking ca- financial strategy. You yeah. guys got a lot of money from your owner, and you were able to buy a lot of players, change things around, build an academy, and now the structure's in place where you can basically not spend any money in the transfer window because you're able to sell a Jesus, you're able to sell a Sterling, you're able to you know sell a Zinchenko and make 120 and then reinvest at 120. But to get to that point, there was oil money, you know? So yeah. to get there's different levels to this shit. Even Newcastle, they haven't splashed the money yet. They're kind of probably doing what City did, right? Build it properly and then we'll splash the cash when we need to. You know, there was a time where yeah. you guys were buying fullbacks for sixty million every window. <laughs> that was always fun. Um, but you know, then you have clubs like Chelsea who you know, they just they're they're spending out there like Scrooge McDuck swimming in cash and just spending with no fucking strategy. And the fruits of that labor are showing on the pitch. That is a team that doesn't even look like they train together at times. Yeah. It really doesn't look like they train together. They have no chemistry on that pitch. It looks like a bunch of mercenaries. And it's gonna continue to look like that until they start to freaking sit down. And figure out something. This is this is something with Chelsea that's oh I always didn't understand. Chelsea has this great academy, Man City, Chelsea Academy, two of the top academies in the Premier League. Yet they always send these guys on loan until they end up selling them, and they never let them play at Chelsea. Never. You see so many guys. Oh, Chelsea's got this great academy. What academy products have we seen from Chelsea? Reese James. Was he a, was he an academy guy? Uh, yeah, he was. Um, okay, and I'm not going to say Mountain Mason Mount because that guy's dog shit. So I'm not even going to bother. But they have this great academy, yet yeah. you don't see any academy players. They're constantly send them on loan, 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 loan. Okay, we'll sell them, and then they're, they're so. What's the point of having a great academy if you can't use it? Yeah, you're making some money to balance out the FFP, and I guess that's what they're probably doing. But. There's no strategy over there, and it and it's finally rearing its ugly head, and it's done it in the past. They've had their, you know, 2015 season where they finished 10th, you know, and stuff like that. But now you're just seeing Abramovich is gone, and not only did Abramovich have the billions because he was an oligarch, but he actually ran the club somewhat functionally, you know. Yeah. He did have moments where, oh, this manager lost three games in a row. Goodbye. You know, stuff like that where he was a little rash, kind of had a little George Steinbrenner in him. But he, he did have a vision for football. And if you're going to see Bowley, you know, he's getting sporting directors in. But his his transfer strategy is really copying other people's homework yeah. and then basically saying, oh, I'm richer than you, so I'm going to do this. And it's 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 a mess right there now. It's a mess. It's an absolute fucking mess. And they just got fleeced in this Jao Felix deal where he's going there for five months. It's not a six-month loan. Stop with the six-month loan. It's a five-month loan for almost 18 million euros 
uh, not euros, pounds after taxes mm-hmm. and all that. And he mm-hmm. just signed a, <laughs> he just re-signed with Atletico to 2027. So if you want to buy him after this, it's going to cost you about mm, 130 to 150. And I'm sorry, but Joe Felix ain't worth that. So yeah, it's just a mess right there, man. He's a spy in your club. He gets to come and tell people how beautiful Spain is. And now they're yeah. going to be having questions at the end of the year. The, the, the problem is, so just in a general, just speaking in generalities, the success that clubs have had before City have done it in this most recent way, which City have been able to do too, which is win the Premier League, have a good bit of success, have a run in the FA, win the Cup, win the Carabao, whatever, and then have that year or two of drop. Because, you know, that one year window, you did really, really well and got those players, right? Chelsea with Drogba, um, you know, United with the moves that they made. Um it's it happens in these windows, right? The year Arsenal signed Vieira. I was watching a little highlight of that. So like you have these years where you did well in the window. You have a a, a short term amount of success. Fans love you. You build it up, but then you have those one to two years of drop off. The sustainability of what City have done, which I hope that maybe Arsenal try to do, is yes, the injection which helps all those other teams. That's short term, but in that. To make it long term, it requires that academy buildup. That and the the difference when when you say about that academy about how Chelsea, you're like, oh man, like what players have we seen that come out of it? City have had more. We do the same thing, but we keep some of the ones that are like been golden. Phil Foden, you're going nowhere. Cole Palmer, so far you're going nowhere. The ones we've loaned out, but we're keeping an eye. McAtee, I'm looking at you. Um, Wilson Brand just loaned you out today to Coventry. We're looking at you in the long term. The ones where we know they're not going to cut it. Are you sure they're really good? I'm telling you, they're not going to cut it. I don't know. You look foolish letting them go. All right, fine. I'm looking at you, Jaden Sancho. Your best years were in the under in your in the 18 and under with City when we won the league, and you were our second best player. But you wanted all the promotion and all the looks and all of the love. Phil Foden was like, this is stupid. You can have it. Whatever. Took your ass to Dortmund. Now you're on the other side of Manchester. Now, actually, we don't know where you are. You're out in therapy. I hope you get better. So I'm just saying, dude, it's it's there's a right and a wrong way, but you have to have a system. And if you don't and you don't break that system for anything. That's why I'm really interested to see what Arsenal do with Modric. If you overpay for Modric, it's breaking the system that you have set. But if it wins you a title, you do it. I mean, City, mm. the only large window, I was looking at previous January windows for City. We've broken a principle. We went and got Amrick Laporte. Go see what we did that year. We won the league. We overpaid for him. We had an injury. No problem. We went and did the move. So it's some of those things to where... In all walks of life for these clubs, where are you going to break your principle? Chelsea don't even have any fucking principles to even break. The left hand don't know what the right hand's doing. This club is absolute shit. You have reports Mm -hmm. coming out that the players are questioning Potter with tactics in the uh, the training session. Remind you, you have a player on on the roster that played for you at Brighton. You should almost make him a captain and have him vocalizing everything that you need. It's major shakeup there at Chelsea right now. And Potter's already bitching and, and pretty much saying, you know, this is 
a longer term project kind of thing. And I know Ch- he says it, and I know Chelsea fans aren't used to hearing that. <laughs> Good luck with see and see how long that lasts. There, this is a bigger project thing. Okay, yeah. There's going to be impatience because you know Abramovich build that culture, and now the fans are very impatient. It's a very impatient fan base. You know, they're chanting Thomas Tuchel's name, but, you know, if you remember correctly, you know, if you ignore the, his Tuchel start, he had, he wasn't good at the end of last season, and he started this season off very rocky. And now they're yep. chanting for him back. It's just an impatient, impatient fan base with a very short memory. Very, very short memory, and that's built in from the Abramovich years. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I mean, if you look at Chelsea's results – they are pretty fucking brutal. We'll start with the Brighton game, October 29th, 4-1 loss on the road. Then in the Champions League, 2-1 win over Zagreb, um, Dynamo Zagreb. Then lost to Arsenal, 1-0. Then lost to City, 2-0 in Carabao Cup. Then lost to Newcastle, 1-0. Then lost to Aston Villa, 1-0. Then they beat the almighty Burnmouth, 2-0. Then draw with Nottingham Forest. Lost to Man City, one nothing. Lost to um, Man City again, four nothing. So that's dating back to October 29th. They have two wins over two teams: one Dynamo Zagreb, two Burnmouth. That is just <laughs> absolute. That is relegation form. That is relegation form. Let's be real. And you know, is Jao Felix going to come in and fix things? I don't know because he's another striker who's kind of like a utility kind of a hybrid kind of striker. He's not a true striker in my opinion. He's more of a false nine type striker. Doesn't have the, yeah, the, the body. He's not that quick. So, it, I mean, is he going to translate right away to the Premier League? And you need him to translate right away because you have a five-month fucking loan deal. So mm-hmm. I don't see what difference he makes. To me, that's another senseless move. I think a guy like Deram makes more sense because you, you can use him long term. But yeah, just uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving the downfall. I hate oh, yeah. their fan base. I hate this team. Their little rich kid attitude, and uh, I'm enjoying it. And their their next couple games are very tough. Fulham away, Crystal Palace home, Liverpool away, Fulham again at home. And then West Ham away. You know, West Ham's struggling, but on February 11th, West Ham could have a new manager in. And, you know, that new manager bounce could be taking place. So those are five tough games in the league. And then you got Dortmund coming up in the Champions League. So uh, I don't think it's getting any better, Chelsea. And I'm absolutely loving it. I'm loving, loving, loving it. Um, Let's go back. We got that out of the way. Let's go back to last week's Premier League games. Um, there's two games in particular I want to talk about. Let's go over the scores for the other ones, though. Um, yeah. 4-1 Brighton. What do we pick for those? So the 4-1 Brighton game, as I'm putting in 4-1 now for Brighton, it'll tally it up. Um, you had a two – actually, you had – for Brighton, you had three to one Brighton, and I had two to nil Brighton. So both of us got this correct. You were close to getting it spot on with Damn it being four to one. Very close. Yeah, that sucks. Um, so each of us take a point for All that. Right, yeah, good one for Brighton. Matoma is fucking balling. 
that Matoma guy's yeah. balling. He's going to get a move yeah, in the summer, is. probably. For sure. Um, Leicester City, another in the loss from them, losing to Fulham, one nothing. What do we have for that one? So for the Fulham-Leicester game, I predicted 3-2 to Fulham, and you predicted 2-1 to one to Fulham. What was that? So for Fulham, Leicester Fulham, I had three to two Fulham, and you had two to one Fulham. Okay, so we both got a point there. Man United, Burnmouth, three zero. Man United, two nil is what you predicted for United, and I predicted two to one. Three points for uh-huh. us in these so far. Um. And for for the city game, which we already talked about, I'm sure we both predicted wins for city, right? And we yeah, get I had on the three head. to one. Yeah, I had three to one. You had four to one on that game. No bullseye yet. And it was one nothing. So that's four points there. For Southampton, Southampton. Let's see here. Two two draw is what I predicted, and you predicted three to two Southampton. One of the few games uh, you and I went different, and no, neither of us got a point there. Yep. Uh, West Ham leads two two. West Ham leads. We ended up going. I had four to nil leads, and you had three to one leads. No faith in West Ham. No, no. I'm actually shocked. I think they were down too, right? So they got a nice little comeback there. Yeah. Got a point out of that. Um, Aston Villa Wolves. Villa Wolves. I had 2-1 to one Villa. You had 2-0 Villa. Wolves get the draw. Mm-hmm. Spurs Palace. I know we both got this very, very wrong. <laughs> Spurs Palace. Um, you had... Three to one Palace, and I predicted a two to two draw. Yeah, Palace was absolutely dreadful in this game. Some of the worst yeah. defending I've ever seen. They were literally leaving Harry Kane open in the box, which why Stupid. would you ever do that? It doesn't make any sense. Horrible yeah. performance from Palace. Very disappointing. We got that completely wrong. And then two games left on the on the on the week for this. One of them is Brentford. Beating Liverpool three to one. Let's talk about this game. First of all, what was the scores? Uh, so I predicted. Let's see. You had two to one. Actually, Brentford, you had three to. Right? Yeah. Holy shit! So did you call this one right? I had did three I? to two. Boom. I'll take the three points. That. Yeah. And I, you know what? I was going to, when I heard Tony was out, I was like, fuck, I need to change this. I need to change the <laughs> score because with Tony out, they ain't going to win. But uh, I was like, nah, I'm just going to ride with it. And then, yeah, Brentford at home. First of all, props to Brentford. They've had a great, great record against the big six. Um, beating Liverpool, beating Man United. Uh, drawing against Chelsea, beating Man City, uh, drawing against Tottenham. Only loss was to Arsenal, but um, that's a great record for Brentford. 
especially within the big six. And in this game, no Ivan Tony. I mean, that to me, that's the alarming thing. No Ivan Tony, yeah. and you can see three goals. Liverpool, Van yeah. Dyke pulled at halftime. <laughs> what the Which fuck actually, is going on? It's, he was it's, injured. I, he was injured. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, he I got that one wrong. I know. I know. It came out after the game. It looked like he was just pulled for performance, but yeah. I mean, that was brutal. The the defending in there was absolutely brutal. Darwin Nunez put on another masterclass of misses. Um, he had a was that the game where he had the cross where he freaking I don't know yes. might have been a different game. They're they're all blending together. They're me. all blending, oh. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I just I just know that this was an atrocious Liverpool performance, and you're watching Man United hit form. They're playing good, not conceding goals. Ten Hag has really steadied the ship. Newcastle, we'll talk about the game against Arsenal. Just a just a tough team to play. Defend well. Don't concede a lot of goals. And you see this Liverpool team who I thought after the World Cup, nice reset. Um, but this team leaks goals home and away. Home and away. The Anfield yeah. factor, is, it's, it's no longer a fortress anymore. Uh, you had Wolves go into Anfield this weekend and, and, and in the FA Cup and, and should have won. Got robbed by the referee. Um, so for me, I'm looking at Liverpool and I'm saying they'll be lucky to get fourth place at this point. I'm not seeing a team here. You know, we've we've been expecting a turnaround for Liverpool all season, and it's now we're going a couple weeks away from February, and it seems to be staying the same. A very, very inconsistent team. Very inconsistent. Defensively, they're fucking poor. Midfield is a bagel. And, you know, you don't have Sadio Mane to, to rely on. You don't have Diego Yota to rely on. You have Darwin Noodles, who's extremely inconsistent. He scores a, a goal every here and there, and he celebrates like he just won the Champions League final. Every time. But he's mostly what missing. I mean, yeah. he's, he, he's, he's causing havoc. Uh, he's, he's got pace, so he does open things up. But his finishing's poor. Salah doesn't seem interested half the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've said it before, this Cody Gakbo guy, good price for him. You know, you take a flyer on a guy like that. Good price, but... You saw it in the FA Cup. I understand it's his first game, but this is my problem with Gakbo. I've watched him a bunch. He is that guy that you don't even recognize is out there. And then 46th minute, 45th minute, one minute stoppage time, he pops up, gets a goal. Then for the second half, you say, oh, they must have subbed him off at halftime. Oh, no, he, he played the whole 90? Gakbo <laughs> was out there the whole 90? He's that yeah. type of player where he just goes missing. You know, that's not what I like in my wingers. I want my wingers running at defenders constantly, causing trouble, trying to break the lines with runs and stuff like that. And that's not what I see from him. He he does have a knack for goal, but I think Liverpool needs more ruthlessness than that. You know, they're really missing Mane, and that's a cliche at this point because it's been said so much. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, I, think, I think they're fucked, Liverpool. I think they're going to be out of top four. You cannot be a championship contending team and have – from your big acquisition, the main thing he does is causing havoc. It's not that's not conducive. You're talking about Nunes, right? Yeah, uh, you're Gakpo. talking about okay. Yeah, you're talking about yeah. I'm talking about noodles. You can't you can't do that. He's your summer acquisition. You know, he's not he's getting things he's not getting things done enough. And if it were any other team, um that would be the 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 criticism of him. So 
he's he's dropped the ball. You've seen more Gakpo than I have from the little mm-hmm. that I've seen and from the from the videos I've watched of him. Those videos are meant to show you, you know, the highlights. So obviously, but yeah, you can read any sort of reports and updated on the scouting evaluations online. They say he goes missing. I mean, it's you're mm-hmm. not the, you're not the first one saying this. It's it's out there that the guy doesn't dominate a Dutch league rival game when you have yeah going missing in the in the Dutch leagues is a red flag for me. Yeah, you got PS uh, PSV Eidvahen, uh, and you have uh, Ajax. Other than those two, and those are huge rivals. And now he played for PSV. We get it. You know, he, he was uh, up there. But you didn't dominate a league to where we've seen other greats come out of it. And it just wasn't enough. So I haven't seen enough. Liverpool felt comfortable with it. Now, the price, I think we would both agree, was solid based on what other players in the market are getting compared to. So quality signing from 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 a price perspective, I don't think they may be overpaid. But a lot of that 40x million that they paid for it, I think a lot of it is more projection than it is product because we haven't seen the product yet. And you're banking that the guy's going to get it right under Klopp, which... I don't know. Noodles will be the first one to kind of give you an indicator of that. Mane was yeah. he was successful, but Ma, I mean Mane was Premier League proven. He came from Southampton. He came from the league. Like it wasn't a question of what Sadio could do. Both Noodles and Gakpo have zero experience in this league. So I don't know. I, I don't. Th- I, I think they might be fucked with these moves. To be honest. Yeah, I just. I... You know, and, and the attack is kind of a problem, but you're, you're going to get Luis Diaz back at some point. You're going to get Jota back at some point. But yeah. how do you fix this midfield? It, I mean, yeah. how do you fix it? The midfield is just poor. It's poor. They're constantly getting run through. I mean, Wolves were running through them, and we, we make fun of every week how poor their attack is mm-hmm. and how inconsistent their attack is. And they gave up three goals to Wolves. I mean, Wolves, that's a team that if they get one, that's a good day in the in the, in the office for them. Um, they're just leaking goals everywhere. And for me, as much as we bang on Nunez and 80 million, he should be doing a little more. And, you know, Salah contract, he's, he's fucking on vacation in his head. He's not really all there. Defensive yeah. and, and midfield is where it's at. And the fact that you can go into Anfield and just easily get goals, that's another thing. Because that was a whole, you know, Anfield is a fortress. They they didn't lose a game there for freaking years, years and years and years. The only game they lost, I think, was like Burnley during the uh, the no fan season, you uh. know, and that was kind of like a fluky game. So, yeah, I mean, I think when we came back from the World Cup, we were saying, yeah, Liverpool, they'll be back. We know we know they'll be back. I I just don't know how this defense gets fixed, and you know, Liverpool fans starting to question Klopp. The seven-year curse with Klopp. If you look at all his past, all his past um, teams, Dortmund, and I forget the other team he was at, but seven-year mark, things start going downhill. So, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, very, very terrible result. And it it's the the rumors of a Saudi influx of funds to the club. Mm-hmm is so perfectly timed 
they need it so badly, but they don't want it because they know us city fans are just waiting, waiting that the moment you take their money, we are ragging you silly, ragging you silly for all the shit that you've given us. So they're stuck in the middle (laughs) of of bullshit, all caused because of their own doing. They were rumored with Mateusz Nunez in the summer. Didn't get him. Yeah. Goes the Wolves. Now they're rumored to, ru- to get him this upcoming summer. Just, I mean, simple, simple situation. He could have been playing for you right now. And he's not because he didn't want to pull the trigger. You you can't be stingy. I don't understand this concept of, I remember, look at a guy like Riyad Mahrez. The guy, when we signed Riyad Mahrez, he was a, what I considered a luxury at we yeah. signed him in the, in the window, and I was like, from Leicester? They're just giving up? They're going to just give up Riyad Mahrez like that? Like, they're not trying to compete? Like, yeah. at all? I was like, when? And everyone was just like, please, City don't need him. And I was like, I agree. But anytime you can get a player like that, at that price, I think it was like $32 million or something. It was insane. It was like, hell yeah, we'll do that deal. You stack and get quality where you can get quality. This notion of, oh, no, the midfield's good. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Have you played Arsenal yet? Have you seen their midfield? They run circles around you before they get the ball. You're going to need at least four on hand. The fifth one better be ready with his boots on for sub just to be able to compete. And you want to go into the the season with Naby Keita? (laughs) Yeah, okay, bro. Okay, do your thing just stubbornness and it's all their own damn fault just like chelsea yep yeah yeah and we'll see because i'm looking at their schedule now they have brighton away on the weekend tough game mm-hmm. wolves replay we just saw wolves give them a tough time mm-hmm. um then they play chelsea who knows chelsea i mean chelsea looks like a layup right now but yeah. at some point you expect a, a reaction from them it could be in a week from now um yeah. Then they play Wolves again on the road at Molyneux. Then they have the Merseyside Derby, which Everton's out of form, but that's always a tough game. Very rarely is that a blowout. And then they have Newcastle away. Then they have Real Madrid in Champions League. Then they have Palace away. Then they have Man United. And this goes till March. So really not too many easy games in there. The easiest game is probably the Merseyside Derby, but you know how how it goes in derbies. Um, Form goes out the window. So yeah, very. We're gonna see. We're gonna see very quickly if this is gonna be a top four race or if mm-hmm. these teams that are currently in it, Arsenal, Man City, are gonna kind of run away with things because, yeah, that's kind of how I'm seeing. It. I think I think I think the classes of teams are really starting to show. But you know, Man United has a very important two two matchups coming up, and we'll talk about those shortly. Um, yeah, but. I'm not going to skate from the draw that took place at uh, the Emirates last week. 0-0 Newcastle Arsenal. Frustrating game for me. Uh, Newcastle came in and made the game very, very ugly. To You could tell they had no intention of winning that game. They were happy with one point, and they got what they wanted. So props to them. Uh, Eddie Howe came in with a game plan, and props to their defense. Their defense is as advertised, lowest Mm -hmm. uh, amount of goals allowed in the Premier League. I was thinking, maybe that's a fluke. I look at the names on that defense. 
Yeah, doesn't impress me. But no, they for they're for real. They made things very very tough. They doubled us anytime we got the ball in the midfield. They made the spaces very tight for us, and it just wasn't our day. I think we still were able to create some decent chances. We had a couple good headers. Minketia got a good chance at the end in the first ten minutes. Usually we get the goal, and we didn't get it. And from then on, there it was a, it was a fight, and. The referee didn't make it any easier on us. He was fucking awful. And it just so happens that in uh, England, if you have a bad game, you can ref a game three games later and also ruin that one because the same referee from this game <laughs> ref the Wolves-Liverpool game three days later. So it just amazes me that you can be this shocking of a referee. Two penalties. One was probably a clear-cut penalty. One was debatable. Neither go to VAR. Uh, don't know how that happens. And he just lost control of that game from the beginning. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes was in his face the whole match, should have been red carded, um, and they just dictated the time. And the fact that there was only five minutes of stoppage time at the end was absolutely laughable. The amount of time the ball was in play was, I think, 49 minutes. So how can you have that much time wasting from a Newcastle perspective and get five minutes of stoppage time? Yeah. That was em- That was embarrassing for me. And we were really pressing at that end. I think we could have got something, but again, five minutes of stoppage time. So just wasn't our day at the, at the end of it. Just wasn't our day. And, um, but for me, this shows the level that Arsenal's at. You have a third place team coming to the Emirates and they're scared. Period. Newcastle was scared. They were scared to come in and open up because they knew they would get slapped. So that just shows me that, you know, teams are really fearing Arsenal. And, you know, it also shows me we need a bench because we did not have any options to go to. There's going to be games where your starting lineup cannot get it done. And today it was that game. Odegaard's been great. He had a rough one. Uh, Martinelli's been great. He had a rough one. That's okay. Players are not going to play 10 out of 10 games every fucking time. You have Mm -hmm. to have options off the bench. And Mikel Arteta, I don't know if he was sending a message to the board. He didn't play Fabio Vieira. I don't know if he just doesn't trust him. Uh, my thinking is Vieira is pretty lightweight. He's still kind of trying to grow into his body. I think Arteta probably thought this is a very, very physical game. I don't know if he's ready for this. We'll throw him in against, you know, a relegation side who's going to be scrappy coming up. But I don't know if we can just throw him in this game and expect something out of him. He'd probably get bullied. Joe Linton was bullying people that day. So, I mean, we definitely need a bench. Smith rose back. That's exciting. But we need Mudrick in, and we need him in soon. I'm hoping that's closed by Friday. Really, the whole Mudrick saga is starting to fucking annoy me. Get the fucking deal done. At this point, I don't care if we overpay $10 million. We need a forward really, really fucking bad. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's my uh, unhinged thoughts on the game. What was yours? Uh you know, from a, from a neutral standpoint, I'm looking at the fouls called 16 to 10. Newcastle got more fouls called. They got more yellow cards. Uh, from a shots on goal perspective, they definitely weren't attacking enough. Shots on goal, they had six total um, to Arsenal 17. My Lord, they were just getting pelted at one point in that first half. I felt like the first goal was coming. Um yeah, I, I actually think that 
that seven Shar, Burn, and Trippier is probably the best defensive back line in the league. Um, they do a really good job of staying tight knit. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see that Newcastle can make another team struggle because while we didn't struggle with them defensively, it was more of an offensive game, the way that mm-hmm. we played. So the ability is there. I know firsthand the ability is there because we drew against them. I think it was like what three three or something. So three three. Um, yeah. So it's it's just I think more of a credit on how they're able to be an amoeba and change and kind of conform to what they feel is the best ability to them kind of to win the game. I mean, I distinctly remember thinking when they played against us, how offensive they were with Almiron even being aggressive. So it's not like they don't have it in them and it's not like they're not afraid to do it against a big dog because they did it to us. So I think it speaks more to the strategy as opposed to, you know, a fear or a lack of confidence. I mean, Newcastle were buzzing. They're third in the league, higher than what they thought they would be. I think he goes into it thinking, let's try to get something out of it, and this is how we do it. Um, yeah, I I can I can see him having a certain fear to it of the notion of I'm just not trying to get battered, but mm-hmm. I just don't think that that would be really that much. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I can't buy into it because, and you put a lot of more. This is where I don't give a fuck where the game is. Like I could never, from a strategy standpoint, say. Oh man, we're going into the Emirates. I don't care where we are. We're playing our game. Our yeah, game. You guys, you guys have been at the top for years now, so it's different for you. I, sure, sure. I, I get. I, I feel like I would have said this with a Roberto Mancini team as well. I feel like I would have said this for um, uh, if if Ancelotti ever came to our club. Like this isn't a Pep thing. Um, I guess it's just a personal mindset. I just, I, I don't know. But credit to Eddie yeah. Howe because what they're what they're doing. I still ask how to Eddie Howe. Uh, I just how how bro. I just don't get it. Yeah. I really don't. You're doing and it's wonders to your managerial skills and your training sessions because you're getting guys that anywhere else we'd be scratching our heads like that. That's an acquisition. That's a joke. Yeah. Like United sign any of their, your back line and we're laughing at them. Yet they're probably all better than any of their defenders. So um, I don't know. Arsenal struggled. They're human, you know? So they got a draw. They still get a point. Um, but yeah. Enemy to my yeah. enemy is my motherfucking friend today. We'll take that. Yeah. Be- better than getting a loss. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I think Eddie Howe probably said, we're not going to win the league. We're not going to go toe-to-toe with them. We're going to go in. We're going to – our goal right now is top four. So we're going to go in there, and our goal is to get a point, and they got it. Um, yeah. yeah. I think just wasn't our day. I think I think when we go to St. James, Arteta was pissed. Um, I don't think the fouls were bad because, as you pointed out, 
um, Newcastle got more. I just thought the the amount of time wasting they were allowed to do, faking cramps, circling the ref. I thought that shit was yeah. was that that was Stoke tactics. That's a little below Newcastle, but they did what they had to do, and the ref let them get away with it. And if you're gonna let a team waste that much fucking time, you better account for it in stoppage time. You better mm-hmm. account for it in stoppage time, and they didn't. Five minutes is absolutely dreadful. And I'm sorry yeah. if that was uh if that was Manchester United. Manchester United is getting ten minutes easily, easily. I've seen games where there was almost no wasted time. And Manchester United still gets four to five minutes to win the game. Fergie time. They always yeah, got Fergie. fucking extra time at the end. So yeah. that, that that's what pissed me off about that ref. He just he let Newcastle do whatever the fuck they wanted. And I thought we had at least one out of two penalties, and we didn't get one of them. So it is what it is. We move on. We got two tough matchups coming up. Three tough matchups if you include the FA Cup. So we have to focus on those. We have to focus on those. What were our... For the Liverpool, oh, you already said that one. What was the what was our call for this one? For the Arsenal game, yeah. So for for Arsenal, I predicted a two one Arsenal win, and you had a three to one Arsenal win. Um, from a scoring perspective, um, did Ali oh, yeah. Watkins score? Nope. Did That's he? his no, goose egg no. for Ali. Uh, Eddie and Ketia didn't score, and I don't think Trossard scored. Um, Phil did not score. Rashford scored, and Odegaard did not score. So, pretty bad week for for the both of us all around. Pretty bad. Pretty yeah, it actually was pretty terrible. Um, What's the final tally on that week? We hit on all the games we expected to hit on. Um. Let's see one. What was the final? What was the final score of South Southampton Forest? Uh, fuck. One nothing Forest. Wow! So we really did get nothing out of that. Yep. We get one and one out of that. Fuck Spurs for showing up that game. They screwed up. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Including the goal. Yeah, so you had uh, seven right on predictions, seven points, and I had six points. I had a goal score, which gave me seven points. So we ended up going seven and seven, and then that leaves us with... You being at 107 points and me being at 113. Perfect. So still pretty close. Um, Yeah, let's go. This weekend is big. Big weekend for both teams, two derbies. Actually, a lot of good games this weekend. So, uh, yeah, and then... A lot of good games this weekend. You guys have a midweek game next week against Spurs. It's a makeup game, right? Yeah, we got Southampton tomorrow in the Carabella, and then we got United this weekend. Man, you guys got so many fixtures, dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah, let's talk about this weekend. 
Um, I think it's only right we start with the two derbies, biggest games of the weekend, um, top four implications in both of them. I know Spurs are right on the outside, but they're still in the picture. Um, and we're going to Tottenham and then Manchester Derby, Man City going to Old Trafford. Um, Man City, Man United's on form. Spurs just had a win in the FA Cup. And then they had a thrashing at Crystal Palace, which we talked about. So two big games, um, and then we'll do the rest of the league. There's also some other good games, Newcastle, Fulham, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, um, Brighton, Liverpool. So, yeah, it's a pretty good weekend for the Prem. But all we want to talk about right now is our two teams playing in big, big derbies this weekend. Um, which one do you want to start with? I think the one that's going to be a little bit more competitive uh, I want to talk about Arsenal and Tottenham. All right, let's start there. <laughs> let's start there. Uh, this is at Tottenham, a place where if you look at the North London derbies from the past 10, 15 years, the home team always wins or at least gets the draw. Huh. Can Arsenal break that streak this weekend? That is going to be the talking point. Um, first North London derby at the Emirates, 3-1. Arsenal win pretty comfortably. Red card for uh, Emerson Royale. And the 60-something minute, we get the third goal, put it away. Conte takes off his his team. And, yeah, that's how that first one went. This one, we are going to, like I said, White Hart Lane. So it'll be a little bit different. Um, but I'm confident. This is the first time going into Tottenham Stadium where I'm feeling like, okay, we got this. I don't I don't see us losing. Harry Kane's on form. That uh, horrible miss in the World Cup did not affect him at all. He's pretty much scored in every game since then. And I think they should be getting some players back. I'm going to check that now. I know. I think I heard Kulisevsky was in training today, so that would be big for them. Um, yes, Kulisevsky and Basuma return to training. Benzikor not in training, but is speculated to be fit ahead of the North London Derby. So they should be getting some players back. Benton Core and Kulisevsky, that's definitely big for them. Basuma, I really don't care about. Um, but yeah, from my perspective, I'm thinking we win this. I think we go into um, I think we go into this game, you know, it's a it's a derby. Form goes out the window, but I just think we have the, the better quality. I really do. I think we can defend. Um, we have the better defense. We can go into to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and, and we can, you know, hold them down. Um, we can keep Harry Kane quiet. We already saw we can keep Sun quiet. I think Kulisevsky is definitely the wild card. But, um, you know, with Gabriel, who's playing really, really well, and I think that's going under the radar as, you know, Saliba's come back from the French team. Uh, he's been a little shaky coming back. But I think Gabriel has just gone up a level those stupid mistakes we saw early on in the season. He's kind of ironed those out. And uh, I think he's probably our best center back right now. So on that left side where Zinchenko is going to be pushing forward, uh, it's going to be important to have rock solid Gabriel Thomas Partey uh, holding down that left side and and keeping Kulisevsky quiet. And he's just coming back from really Kulisevsky has been on and off the whole season with uh, muscle injuries. So who knows how on form he's going to be. Richarlison is still out. So that attack even though, you know, Sun scored a goal, still like he's been off all season. I think we can keep them quiet. We can keep them at a goal. And I just don't think they can keep us quiet. You know, 
They're a yeah. slow starting team, and we're usually a fast starting team. So those two things are gonna are gonna go against each other. And who's gonna uh-huh. prevail? Who's gonna prevail? I would think we get a goal first. We get that first goal, which I'm expecting, which we normally get in games. I think we can control that game and get the victory. I'm saying uh, Arsenal wins two one. You want to take that prop bet? Who scores first? I'll take Tottenham. I think it's going to sure. be a crazy counter. I think it's just to add it, to make it a game, I think Tottenham have to score first, which is why I'll justify taking that prop bet. So you'll take Arsenal scoring first. I'll take Tottenham. Yep. Yeah, for sure. What are you thinking? What's your prediction? I know um, I know what you want to happen, but what do you think is going to happen? I don't. I, I think they will make it a game because it's a derby. I do not think it will be as close as we expect it. I have it going four to two. Um, they're going to score an actual quality goal, like a goal earned, and then I think there's going to be some friendship and some help from the home field, and I think they're going to get a pen. I think, but by the time they get, get that, always get a pen yeah. in North London derbies. Yeah, so I actually think they'll end up getting a pen, and you know Harry will will get his goal. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go four to two, uh, Arsenal. Four, four goals. Wow, that'd be crazy. That would be absolutely crazy. And Tottenham, I I think that if we, if we beat Tottenham like that, I think beating Tottenham in general, they're gonna be very deflated. But if oh, we yeah. slap them up and put four goals up in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think that just completely ruins their season. This is such a big game. <laughs> you know, when you lose a North London derby, you hear about it for weeks. And, you know, to get slapped up in your own stadium, something that hasn't happened in over a decade, um, yeah, that's going to be something that that really, really, um, you know, will, will hurt their season. And I think for oh, me, yeah. they're not making top four. Um, but you know, they're still, there's, they still have Harry Kane, you know, there, there's so many times where they perform at a one, uh, one XG and still get three goals. Cause they have Kane, Kulusevsky, son, guys like that. Yep. But yeah, that would really, really deflate them. And I hope it happens. I hope it happens. Um, <laughs> I hate Tottenham. It's no love lost. And, um, yeah, I, see the thing with this game is we're for the most part, we're fit. And the one, the one area where we have an injury, um, let's be honest, Eddie Nketiah is playing very well. He has, if you include the FA Cup game, he has four goals in four games. Can't really ask much better from your backup striker filling in for your striker who went down. So I think, you know, the one area we have uh, deficiency in, I think, uh, you know, we have Eddie Nketiah who's scoring goals. He can score a goal Saturday and I w- Sunday, and I would not be surprised. So that's yeah. a key. I think this game, this is a game, you know, where we could see v- Vieira off the bench. Smith Rowe just got some run in the FA Cup. So I feel like we do have some weapons we can put in off the bench if we need that second goal or that first goal to put us ahead. So I think we just have every advantage going into this. And like I said, the fact that Tottenham is just conceding two goals. They've conceded two goals in every game except this last one against Palace. Um, and I think that was more due to Palace being shit than a good defensive performance from Tottenham. Uh, yeah. Palace had a terrible game. So for me, anytime Arsenal is scoring two two goals or more, they're going to win. You know, 
because I think yeah. our defense is sound enough where we can stop, we can uh, not concede two or more goals. So yeah, that's 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 my thoughts on this, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Sunday's a very exciting day. Eleven thirty, North London Derby. Four thirty, Giants in the motherfucking playoffs against the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, sir. PM, premiere of The Last of Us. So I'm excited as hell for Sunday. It's going to be a great day. North London Derby win. Giants advancing to the next round of the playoffs. Cap it off with a new series premiere, The Last of Us, based on one of my favorite video game adaptations. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Anything else on this game? Are you taking any goal scorers? Because I am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Harry Kane. Yeah, I mean, that's a good bet. He always scores in the derby. And if he doesn't score, they give him a penalty, and he scores yeah. that. Yeah, that's what um, I'm going with. Good bet, good bet. I would never pick that piece of shit. Uh, but I'm going to take Bakayo Saka. Nice. Saka scores in big games. Yeah, that's a good shout. I can definitely see him scoring. Yeah. He's been on good form, too. Uh, even in that Newcastle game. Where they got no goals, he was he was ripping up uh, Dan Byrne. They yeah. had to call in Joe Linton. But um, yeah, this next one, your team, Manchester City, going in to Old Trafford, who are playing good, on form, and we got ourselves a Manchester Derby. First of all, before we break this game down, seven thirty a.m. on the East Coast in the United States. 7.30 a.m. start? You have to be fucking kidding me. Complete Absolute joke. Absolute joke. Why is, this a, why is the Manchester Derby a 12 o'clock game in the U.K.? I just don't fucking get this. I don't get it at all. Shameful, really. Yeah, so listen, I'm getting up for this. I love big games. I'm always there when a big game is on, and this is a big game. Manchester United, these, these, these Manchester United fans think they're winning the league. They think they're in the contention for winning the league. Go on Twitter. Go on Reddit. You'll see these guys are talking loud. Casemiro has been a great signing. I can't front. Yeah. Marcus Rashford has been so, so good. So, so good. And, uh, yeah, this is an interesting game. What are your thoughts? Since losing to Aston Villa 3-1, to one, November 6th, they have beaten Villa. They've beaten Fulham. They've beaten Burnley. They've beaten Nottingham Forest. They've beaten Wolves. They've beaten Bournemouth. They've beaten Charlton Athletic. All of those teams combined couldn't hold City's dick. I'm not convinced one bit by this absolute gigantic farce that this team has, quote, figured it out. I typically don't like to be ballsy in derby games. I understand and can respect the opponent and know enough that throw it all away, everyone's amped, everyone's going to play their best. Play Luke Shaw at center back. I fucking dare you. Mm -hmm. Anthony had a beautiful goal today against Charlton Athletic. Uh, wonderful curler. Great shot. Rashford had a I brace. Rashford's scary, and yeah. I think if any any man 
Um, I think Rashford is going to get his opportunities, and I wouldn't be surprised if Rashford scores. Um, they will score. I actually think they're going to score twice. Um, I have it going another four to two game. I have City went beating our uh, United four to two. Um, yeah, I just I just think that it's 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 all a farce. They've been playing well, but they haven't played anyone and. Pep is going to switch things up. Um, I'll give you a better indicator as to who starts once I see the Southampton lineup for tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. because that lineup will tell me everything about who's playing um, come come the derby time. But I can guarantee you Kevin De Bruyne is on there. I can guarantee you Erling Holland's on there. And I can probably guarantee you that Rodri's on there. Um, everyone else is probably pretty much a toss-up. He loves Phil Foden in the derby games. Um, I credit United and I credit Ten Hag because they're changing and they're doing their things and they're, they look like they're trying to compete. Um, but this is a welcome back to reality that you don't got it all figured out quite yet and you haven't played shit lately. So that's what I'm banking on. Yeah. Um, listen, you're basically saying their little their little hot streak is is fraudulent. And, uh, you know, I kind of agree with you. And, and you know, I'm a home away guy. I believe in those stats. And, and I'm going to give you a little more insight into why I think their, their, their record is fraudulent and they will have a much tougher second half. So their best wins this season, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham. Hmm. Mm. Those were their three best wins of the season. Do you know where those games were played? Uh, all at old home. ass. Yeah, Old Trafford. Yeah, all played at Old Trafford. All their wins this season were played at Old Trafford. Their best wins. So that means they're going to have to go to Anfield. They're going to have to go to the Emirates in a week and a half, and then they're going to have to go to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So I'm looking at that. Those those are their best wins of the season. So that means they're going to have a lot of tough road games. Even other games, they they lost to Brighton. That was at home, so they have to go on the road to Brighton, another tough team. Um, they got you guys this weekend, home or away. That's a tough game. Their draw against Newcastle, that was a home game. So they're going to have to go to St. James Park. So they have a lot, a lot of tough games coming up, especially ones that are going to be on the road. So that's another thing that tells me that this Man United record, I still think they're probably going to get top four because I do rate Ten Hag. He's, I think he's done a great job. And Casemiro's really come in and fixed all their midfield issues, Casemiro, Erickson. However, there's levels to this. And they're, they're putting themselves in title talk. Man, Manchester United fans are so shameless, <laughs> so fucking shameless. They really think they're in the title challenge. They think Marcus Rashford's now better than Killian Mbappe. They think hmm, Casemiro being one of the best midfielders, I, I can agree with that. He's done it at Real Madrid. Now he's doing it at Manchester United. We can have a discussion about that. But listen, nobody's scared of Anthony. Nobody's scared of Wout Wenghorst, this new guy you got. You got no striker. Rashford's better on the left. Put him there. And then yeah. Bruno Fernandez. Come on, give me a break. No one cares about Bruno Fernandez. So I'm looking at this game. I want United to win. I'm not going to lie. They're going to be annoying as fuck. 
mm-hmm. come 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 Saturday at, at noon when they win, um, if they win, which I'm not telling you what I'm predicting. But I, obviously, I want them to win. I'm in a title race. Man United's not. It's a two-horse race. So anytime City can drop points, I want that to happen. However, I think this is a come-to-earth moment for Man United. Like you said, I just – I think they'll be in it. I think this will be a competitive game for the first half. Um, yeah. A one nothing, a 0-0. But I think at the end of the day, I think Manchester United will lose to Manchester City. And I'm going to say there will be goals in this. Um, but I'm going to say it's a 2-0 Manchester City win. Wow. You don't have them scoring. I don't have them scoring. There will be goals, but they won't be from Man U. Yeah, wow. not 2-0. I think, I think it's a come-to-earth moment for Man United. I think they'll realize there's a gap between the top teams. I'd be okay with that. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one, though, because it is going to be a litmus test. If Man United really is in a title charge, they're going to win these next two games against Arsenal and Man City. I'm not predicting they do. If they are serious, they have to win these two games. Immediately pick up ground. But yeah, I just I look at I look at their recent wins. I look at um, you know their early in the season wins. How they were all their big wins were at home. Now they're going to have to go play those same games on the road. And I'm just seeing they have a tough, tough second half of the season. Their owners are broke, or their owners don't want to invest. Loan for for. That striker for three million—that just tells me they're not investing any more money. So yep. you're going in with a, a thin, thin bench into a second half schedule, which is going to be tough in the Premier League. You're still in the FA Cup. You're still in the Carabao Cup, and you're in Europa League. And you finish second in your Europa League group. So you have Barcelona. You have two legs against Barcelona coming up at the end of February. Yep. So that just tells me they will fall off at some point, and it probably is going to start this weekend. I'm banking on it. Title contenders, Mbappe, Rashford. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's absolutely hilarious. Oh, they're shameless. They're shameless. Are you picking any goal scores? No, I'm going to stay away from this game just because I really don't know the lineups yet. And yeah. I would love to pick Phil. I would love to pick Holland. Um, both of those. Phil Foden's the one that I really, personally, I just love it when he fucking puts one in against United. So, yeah, I'm going to stay away from it, though. That's why I hate picking City people because you just don't know what Pep's going to do. He's <laughs> a nut, dude. He's an absolute nut. It's ridiculous. But before we break down the rest of these games, I need to uh, do something real quick. As somebody knocking on the door. All right. I'll be right back. Shouldn't be. Some reason I can't see you. I haven't shut it off or anything. Weird. Weird, weird, weird. All right, we're back. Um, might have to refresh. Let me refresh this podcast. Here, let me try doing it on 